everyone and welcome to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and I'm joined as always by Tara. Greetings citizens. We are a science fiction movie podcast and every week we get together and we talk about a sci-fi film that we, we watched and this week, and sometimes, but this week in particular, we do have a bonus section talking about an episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000. We will be talking about Laser Blast at the end of the show after the movie review. So do check the timestamp if you want to jump to that or, uh, or, or whatever. It's coming. It's there. It's at the end. So look forward to it. But the main movie we are talking about this week is Meet the Robinsons, which is kind of part of our time travel kind of theme that we keep, kind of keep coming back to every couple of weeks. Uh, in an effort to try and see a bunch of time travel movies so that sometime early next year we can do a big time travel list of some kind. Um, maybe a top 10, maybe a top 25. Depends how many good ones there are. So I want to explain something for the audience <laughs> at, the start of, at the start of this one. Because Tara requested Meet the Robinsons. Uh, we were putting movies down the list to do. And um, This sounds like a Peter movie. I don't know. And Tara said, I want to do Meet the Robinsons. And it was very clear from the description she gave me that it was a family film. And I thought, okay, she wants to do a family movie, all right. Only a couple of weeks ago, when we were getting close, she she, she decided, hey, can we do Meet the Robinsons sooner? I don't like where it is in the schedule. Can we, like, swap it with something else? And I said, okay, sure, whatever. So we moved it to the earliest week possible that we could, without swapping something out that needed to be done. And it was, you know, set for this week. And it was okay. And it was at that point in time that I discovered that this was an animated film. <laughs> which had not been made clear to me um, from one Miss Tara. Why would that make a difference? <clears throat> I, I'll, I'll get into my kind of obstacle with animated stuff in a minute. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll explain that. But, so there was that revelation. And then, just uh, like the other day, like, literally, like yesterday, the day before, when I was going to sort of like see where I could get the movie, you know, rent it uh, on Amazon. And I assumed when this, when I heard it was a family film, even before I knew it was animated, I assumed, oh, this is something she grew up with that she cared about, that she liked from her childhood. <laughs> and then, you know, she said it was animated. I'm like, fine. Again, I thought it was something you grew up with. It meant a lot to you from your childhood. And that's why you really cared about doing this. And I thought, I'll throw Tara a bone. We'll do the childhood favorite that means a lot to you because I am a wonderful co-host and I, I do things for my co-host, unless you're Connor, in which case, suck it, Connor. But... <laughs> That's a good t-shirt. <laughs> I don't know, there was that... T-shirt for the ace, suck it, Connor. <laughs> there was that Apple podcast review of... Um, uh, I think it was... I think it was the Netflix... Uh, Netflix, Netflix reviews uh, almost cancelled feed. Uh, it was just basically saying that Connor was was bad and I was good, and it just ended with that Connor guy is the worst. Um, <laughs> I like Connor. <laughs> I don't. So we, we so at this point I go to find the movie, and I am shocked to discover from the poster that this looks like a CGI film, and then I see the year is two thousand seven. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to spoil Tara's age exactly here, but let's just say that Tara was already in her 20s in 2007. Yeah, it checks out. So it wasn't a childhood favourite. 
<laughs> it wasn't some film that she cared about as a kid that, that, that meant a lot to her and that's why she wanted to do it she put on these puppy dog eyes as if i was doing her some huge favor by picking meet the robinsons for this 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 week's show and we we're gonna have to do it eventually i just was in the mood to watch it i was tricked into this there was levels to this trickery <laughs> you know I regret you did. nothing. Listen to that cackling. You, did, you regret nothing. You know exactly what you did. Goddamn yep. God minx. I mean, you've reviewed animated movies before. I listened to one about um, Sherlock Holmes Mouse Detective. Great Mouse Detective. You never did that. I've mentioned that like it on like a list or something. Yeah, it was on a list, I'm sure, but I, I, I never reviewed Great Mouse Detective. Now, okay, let me explain something because you everyone... it was basically a review on the list. Oh, shut up! <laughs> You're stretching <laughs> things now, right? But you, now you asked me a fair question. There is why would it matter if it's animated? No, it's not that I don't like some animated films. There's actually some animated films that I love. There is like Iron Giant. I think is a masterpiece. Uh, I I love the Hitchcock and Dragon series. I love Basil the Great Mouse Detective, as you mentioned. But Basil, yes, that's his name. That's the title. Uh, in the US, it didn't have Basil in the title. The UK title though was Basil the Great Mouse Detective. In the US, it was just the Great Mouse Detective. But his name's still Basil. Like it's not like they changed the name. They they just added his name into the title. Okay. Um, I don't know why. Maybe they thought the UK audience would like the name Basil. Oh, Basil! Yeah, I mean, we're gonna. This won't be the last animated movie we're due, right? Like you're naming some good ones, like The Iron Giant. We haven't done yet. I'm sure. That's on the list. <laughs> I really want to do Wally. That was supposed to be back in May. <laughs> Wally. <laughs> Pushed to twenty twenty. <laughs> yes. Um, no. But, so so. But you asked a fair question. Why, why would it matter that it's animated, right? Why why do I have a like? Oh, it's animated. Why, why is that my reaction? Because that's a fair question. Because um, I do love some animated films, but I do find that those are kind of the exceptions, and uh, I have kind of this barrier with animated, this like hump that I have to get over where. I don't connect with it as easily as I do a live action. So there's like there's the, the cream of the crop that, that I love that, that sort of overcome that and really connect with me. But there's a lot of animated films that people love where I watch and go, eh, it's okay. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't feel you it. You better not say Inside Out. Quite the same way. I will stop this podcast right now. I never said anything about Inside Out. Do you want my opinion on Inside Out? No. I want you to hold it in, bottle it up forever, and never say it out loud. But what if it's a pin you, I know you'll like? Uh, you can tell me that Bing Bong is magical, and that's all I need to hear. I don't remember which one Bing Bong is, but... Imaginary friend. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine, that's fine. Um, <laughs> poor, poor Bing Bong. Inside Out was a solid movie. I'll leave it at that. What did I just say? I said it was a solid movie. It's a solid movie. What did I just say? It's like you don't even listen to me. <laughs> I do listen to you. When you say you want to meet the Robinsons, I listen to you and I'm regretting it every minute since. So <laughs> don't give it to me about listening to you. Oh, <laughs> dear. Um, <laughs> but I do have this hump to get over, whereas a lot of animated movies don't. And I think there you know, is something where a lot of animation to me just doesn't have the magic that an actual performance does, where I see the face. Like, I think 
maybe there's some animated a lot of anime a lot of traditional animated styles don't click with me you know with, with the how they look or, or whatever they, they're not they don't have quite the, the look for me it's because it's, it's funny because i do read a lot of comic books of course right and comic books can live or die on the, the art style and some art styles i love and it's atmospheric and moody and i love it and it really nails what what, what i want from a story about whatever character and then sometimes i look at it and go this isn't right i don't like this art because it's not selling me the emotion or it's not doing this for me i have this mm-hmm. kind of barrier with animated films where a lot of animated films i just like i don't hate them but i just don't really ever feel anything and i find myself getting kind of bored and tuning out um in a lot of animated films um i don't so, have so, that problem so that's all i'm saying that's all i'm saying i have i think that. i i mean i i will say that there are some studios that have i do have a harder time with than like like disney is safe if it's a disney animated movie it's probably gonna look good i will say that this is an exception to that i don't think the animation in this is top tier disney well to be fair struggles especially because it came a year before wally which is one of the most beautiful animated movies to look at now so you're making a false comparison there because wally's pixar this is not pixar um that's true this d- is d- disney right before d- it acquired d- pixar no but... disney had okay. pixar no, d- no no disney had pixar but there's there's two studios here there's there's disney animation and there's pixar uh they don't overlap pixar make pixar movies they do eventually okay maybe they overlap now but they didn't for a long time and yeah um like until probably frozen and then big hero 6 like disney movies that weren't pixar that were cg animated tended to be kind of lukewarm mediocre films no one really cared about no one you know one talked about bolt no one cared about bolt is that a good movie (laughs) sure whatever (laughs) but no one cared about Bolt. and i watch it all the time people care about pixar movies no one cared about the disney ones that were coming out uh around that time i mean that's true and there's still you know there there are still exceptions to that too like um was the the good dinosaur movie which i thought was actually pretty great it's mm. but it, it has a look to it where it's just like this doesn't look as good as the other movies like yeah because that, that's that was like the one that was like one of the pixar movies where people said that's weird it doesn't feel like a pixar movie. it feels like a disney movie and not a pixar yeah. movie um <laughs> um so again not to be confused here disney and pixar and have for a long ass time but there is a definitely there is there's pixar movies and then there's just disney separate on its own animation studios yeah, but I'm pretty sure they're the same now. But they're still clearly. I'm pretty the... sure Disney and Pixar are just the same but, company. Yeah, now. no, but I mean, arguably, but they're still they're, they're still labeled separately. There's still films that come out that are labeled Pixar, and there's ones that come out that are just labeled Disney. There's still a separation oh. in terms of how they're released. So maybe they're keeping it like Fox Searchlight or something. Oh, maybe, yeah. Um, but they treat Pixar like its own little sub. You know, they treat Pixar like not not. It's not like Marvel and that they've got a shared universe. But I mean, uh, well, those Easter eggs people you know point out. But it, it, yeah, it, there's they, a ton in this movie. They treat it as a singular sort of on its own thing. Um, although definitely some personnel switch between them. I think Lasseter, you know, at one point made a big jump to Disney, and I think that's when Disney movies started getting better. Didn't Lasseter have a lot something to do with this movie too? Even though he's Pixar. I don't know. I don't know. My, uh, my t- directed by Steven J. Anderson. My timeline for this, for all this stuff, isn't like set in stone. I don't know. He's not listed in the producers, or the writers even. Hmm. Let me go. Let me go down to producers. Well, those are the big ones. He so. is. He's listed as an executive producer, but that doesn't necessarily mean much. 
How many writers are there? Oh, there's like seven or something like that. One, one, two, three. No, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven screenplay writers. As a, and it's based on a a book by someone yeah. else. Yeah. Okay. Because I heard that this one had gone through John Lasseter, and he said, "You guys need to do it again." And like, sure. Re- they replaced like sixty percent of the movie or something crazy. So, anyway. Yeah. So, I, I get it. There are some studios like. My sister works for DreamWorks, but DreamWorks has a bit of a hump to get over before I can be like, all right, the critics are saying it's good. I'll go see it. <laughs> hey, uh, hey. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't typically like DreamWorks movies, but How to Train a Dragon trilogy is better than almost everything Pixar have made. So, uh, you know. Hard disagree, but they're they're fine movies. <laughs> uh, great music. <laughs> Weird casting. Wonderful music. Wonderful. Um, but... <laughs> Illumination. I don't like any of their stuff. I don't. I don't <laughs> Even I, when it, um, it's a movie that doesn't have a minion in it, all I see are minions. Oh, I, I've seen the speculation. Like they one. use the same design for sure. everything and the same banana dialogue. <laughs> I, just, I can't stand it. <laughs> banana. Yeah. Um. I. I. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've I've seen the speculation one. I've not seen anything else they've done. Um. But yeah, there's even there's much loved ones. Like people loved. Uh, like Catherine, Coraline. Coraline, that's it. Uh, I don't like that. <laughs> Nothing for yeah, me. Yeah, it's okay. I, I know a lot of kids really like it because I think it's the closest thing they have to horror. Like they know what they're watching isn't right. Sure. And I think they sure. like it for that. Um, but I mean, Fra- Frankie. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it either. Frankie, when he was Tim Burton, so naturally I hated that. I was dragged to that. That was, <laughs> that was the first Tim Burton movie I saw in like over a decade because I was dragged to it. I think that's still Disney, isn't it? Uh, maybe still be Disney, yeah. Um, however, Paranorman was not bad. Although Paranorman, um, I th- it had nothing to do with the animation. Paranorman was fun to me because it was playing with a lot of horror tropes. I mean, the, the kids' uh, mm-hmm. ringtone was the Halloween theme. They, they, nice. they, they were playing to me as an audience <laughs> with that movie. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I love it when movies do that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. Um, but it's nice. It's not just about that. There's Disney movies I don't like. There's those Pixar movies that I think are just kind of dull. And it's not that they're bad. It's not that I think they're they're, they're poorly done. It's just I just never really care or connect with them. Um, it doesn't really matter what they're doing. That is bizarre to me. I think you need to go see somebody. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, I like I, I fell asleep in the middle of uh, Frozen. <laughs> and the oh, theater. Frozen's so good. I fell I fell asleep in the theater. <laughs> what about the trailer for the second one? You don't think that looks pretty good? That was, was a good trailer. Epic. It's a good trailer. Okay, I give them that. By the way, can I just say it was weird to me actually in this movie that the phrase "Let it go" is uttered a few times, and then the song at the end that's playing during a montage starts with "Let it go, let it wash over you." And I was like, "This is <laughs> this is like three years before Frozen." This is really funny to me. <laughs> I, I really like Frozen. I, it's not my favorite, of course, but like, it's a movie about sisters, and I have a sister. Like, the, of course. Not. <laughs> the only Disney CG animated movie I think I like is Big Hero Six. That that surprised me. That one. That's like my least favorite one. <laughs> but that that played to my sensibilities though, because that that kind of had the friendly robot, had the the heroic. Thing. You know, it was, it was basically a, a how to train a dragon knockoff. Like he was basically his toothless was was the robot. Okay. Right. <laughs> it played to my. Uh, Isn't it based off of a Marvel comic? thing? Yeah, it's based off. I never heard of it when it came out, but yeah, it's, it's technically based off a Marvel thing, which is why Stanley's got a cameo. Okay, I don't think I don't think it's toothless because toothless is basically a cat 
and that's why you like toothless. I'm not saying this exactly the same. I'm saying but, his relationship that builds with him and all that. That's, but the big balloony guy yes. is... I don't know what he is. I don't think he's a cat. <laughs> he's more like... Um, he's a friendly like robot. Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, but like a balloon-shaped one. Sure. <laughs> like he's just a giant. I think there's a comparison still to be made, even if it's not exactly the same type of personality. Okay. I'm saying the kid forms a bond with them, and you really care about this, this, this friendship. This, this. Yeah. All right. Right. There was something it's there. Robot. We'll probably review it maybe next year. Okay. Yeah, it kind of counts as sci-fi. We could, yeah, we could do that at some point. Um. I should watch it again. I've only seen it once. But I've not even bothered seeing a lot of the Pixar stuff that came out recently. I've just, had, I've had no motivation. <laughs> Um, I, I was dragged. I can see why maybe you feel weird going by yourself to a movie to see it. Because I've done it in the past. I remember seeing Toy Story three in my own theaters in like twenty ten. Yeah. And that was a weird experience because it was all families with kids, and I'm like this one weirdo with a beard. <laughs> right. Like you always want to go at night. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you know? To a kids I, movie. If you go like when I go alone, like I don't go during the day either. But also, I don't want to have to deal with like kids running around in the aisles and not sitting still in their seat. Absolutely. <laughs> crying. <laughs> and then, yeah. So, but like, so I I love the Toy Story trilogy. I've still not seen four. You know, I I really like the Incredibles. I've still not seen the second one. Um, I've not seen what else did Pixar do recently? I think the last Pixar movie I saw was maybe Monsters University. Oh, that's disappointing. You should watch another one because that one was had a really good ending, but like the rest of the movie was just kind of okay. It had a nice message at the end of it, I think. But yeah, the, 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 yeah, it wasn't like a great movie. Um. Yeah, through and through. Um, but when Sully goes into like the real world and like that campground, awesome movie. <laughs> I want to watch that horror movie. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I really, obviously, I mean, the last animated movie I saw was obviously in the Spider Verse, which looked fantastic and was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and it's not because it was a superhero that movie. That one's it, real special. It looked genuinely like exciting because it looked different and it had a style that looked fresh and unique and it felt like it had atmosphere because of that style. That's one where the actual look of the animation made me go, ooh, that looks spectacular. I want to see this. And most right. CG animation doesn't do that for me. Most of it looks kind of like sort of round and soft and like everyone yeah, kind of has that I look agree. To it. I mean, that's why, even though I'm a fan of Star Wars, I don't watch any of the Star Wars cartoons. Oh, like. Yeah you can't force me to watch them uh, even if they're canon it's i don't want to watch that yeah it looks weird and it's for kids <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm, I'm happy they have something like if it comes up in a movie they'll be like oh it's that now, character from this, that show i'll be like i'll take your word for it <laughs> this will mean nothing in the context of like when you, you guys listen to or watch this but i just want everyone to know that tara's on a roll tonight because the thing we recorded before this she kind of half insulted like a lot of people potentially that watch our content and i feel like she just kind of did it again there by like making fun of the star wars like animated series oh the cartoons for kids <laughs> like, i don't care that they're canon <laughs> i love star wars i just don't i can't watch the cartoons like, i i tried watching a couple episodes because everyone's like it's Thrawn he's such an intimidating villain in like the books and this is going to be his introduction and he's probably going to appear in the live action movies eventually and I can't I can't do it <laughs> yeah no I get it I get it um, it's just not for me there's there's definitely like 
a threshold for me. I think, you know, some of the things that surpass it still for me as an adult. I think Batman the Animated Series looks fantastic. It fits the style of what Batman should be, and it looks engrossing because of that to me. And I get into it. Yeah. I'll watch anything Matt Groening makes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the animation that never gets old. You know, I, I just, like... There's something about animation for me just doesn't quite always work. And I actually, we got, I got a lot of complaints actually, because me and Connor reviewed episode one of uh, The Dark Crystal on Netflix a couple months ago when that mm-hmm. came out. And I kind of went on this, a very similar kind of speech about, you know, why I'm not super into a lot of animation. And those are people that come out be like, oh, if you don't like animation, don't just talk, don't talk about it then. Don't, don't bother reviewing the thing. Um... <laughs> And if you're still listening to our content, I apologize that I just made fun of you. But, um, like, I just, I feel like it's good for context here to sort of explain my ambivalence towards some of this stuff. Um, Got so, it. And with that, we'll, we'll start actually talking about Meet the Robinsons, <laughs> which is a time travel movie indeed about an orphaned uh, boy uh, named Lewis. Lewis. Who... He's a bit of an inventor. He likes to build things and try to invent things, and it always sort of ends in disaster. And he's kind of obsessed with finding out who his mother was. In fact, there's a shot at the start where his mother's dropping him off in like a like a little box at the orphanage, and it really reminded me of the opening of the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> like that's what it made me think of. That's what it reminded me of. Yeah. I couldn't think of it. I was just like, I know I've seen this shot before. When, when Daisy's left else. at the, the yeah, the, the it's like, cause I, I think in that movie it's like a nun who wearing like the, the same colored raincoat. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. I, I almost expected like the Brooklyn accent to come in like dinosaurs. They ruled the earth for 65 million years. That's not a Brooklyn accent. I can't do it. But you know, like, um, Man, we have to do that movie someday. It's absolutely every, insane. Every time you try to do an accent, you always just sound more Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, but I just, I just want to say, the start of the Marbles movie, where the narrator has a thick Brooklyn accent and he's talking about dinosaurs, and his, his narration reads, and I shit you not, it says, dinosaurs died because of the asteroid. But what if they didn't? What if they found a way to survive? What if they found a way to come back? I'm like, what? You can't just say that! <laughs> it took them 65 million years to do that? <laughs> uh, technically, birds are also dinosaurs, so they never really went away. <laughs> no one likes to know all, Tara. <laughs> so... Uh, the plot is though is that this this other kid who's just a little bit older comes from the future claiming that he's a time cop. Uh, shout out to Jean Claude Van Damme. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, "Hey, now there's this evil villain with a bowler hat who's coming after you, uh, and we have to make sure your inventions aren't like stolen or whatever." And it leads to an adventure into the future with some very obvious twists, may I say, um, where <laughs> look at that face. Tara is disgusted by that critique. First of all, I don't believe you. Second of all, keep going. <laughs> oh no, it was so obvious. It was so obvious. I I called. Well, I mean, one of them maybe yes. But I I called both. One, I, I know. So. I called both plot twists super Screw early. You super no early. way. No way. Yes way. I don't believe you. 
I, that, that I was... don't believe you. I think you're lying. I, I think you're Mr. Lying. Hoity-toity right now, saying I'm too good for this movie. <laughs> well, I am too good for this movie, but that's not, I'm not lying. <laughs> you, you are not. <laughs> I am too. Mr. Holier Than Thou on your ivory tower looking down on these piddly animation movies that Tara wants to watch because <laughs> her little brain can only process movies for kids. Screw you. Okay. Continue. <laughs> so yeah, he goes out of the future, he meets this kid's family, and the villains like try to like you know, unleash his dastardly plan. He's he's got the twirly mustache, you know, he's got these big long lanky legs, he's very like, you know, forgive the the expression animated uh in, in his design. You know, everyone else looks cartoony, but this guy looks especially cartoony. You know, he's like, his proportions are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um it's almost like if he was fatter, he'd be uh, Dr. Robotnik with the big, long, lanky legs, but the, the body's kind of more normal-shaped. Yeah, he's very, like... I mean, he's literally twirling a mustache. Yes. So... <laughs> but he's also very, like, kid villain. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kids might find him a bit scary, but, like, not too scary. You know? But he's also kind of a doofus, so he's not really that scary. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think kids would find him scary. I don't think I'd have found him scary as a kid. Uh, maybe like I mean like real young. I was watching Die Hard at five. Right? Hans Gruber was a scary villain. At five. Okay, Mister Ivory Tower. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! See you watching Die Hard. Here you go again on your high horse. See <laughs> you watching Die Hard at fi- like a five year old and like Hans Gruber. You know, like Alan Rickman's like that's a really nice suit, Mister Takagi. Be ashamed to ruin it. <laughs> like you know, oh he's great. I brought you the. FBI. <laughs> <laughs> you asked for a solution. You asked for a miracle. I brought you the FBI. <laughs> That's great. It's so good. Die Hard. Right. You know, I joked about this in like something we recorded last week, but I'm I'm saying it. I like every month or two, we need to do one episode that's like a spin-off thing where it's not a sci-fi movie. We'll change the name and the logo for an episode and do an action movie. Yeah, why not? Because <laughs> I really want to talk about some dumb nineties action movies and eighties action movies. Anyway, um, but yeah, the twists were really obvious. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. It just, just move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the plot. I don't want to say anything else because anything else would be spoilers. So, um, <laughs> so I'll ask the question. Although, given that Tara practically begged to do this movie and do it as soon as humanly possible. I'm going to take a giant leap here and say that she liked it. Or maybe she'll maybe a twist. Maybe this will be a twist. Maybe this will be the opposite of Alita, where I'm going to expect she liked it. And she's going to be like, you know what? It doesn't hold up. It's not as good as I thought it was. It's actually kitty shit. And I want no part of it. And Peter, you're right. You're a genius. You're drop dead gorgeous. You're- and I, I, res- I recede and rescind everything that I said previously. I'm sorry, Peter. You are the master of the universe. Q Queen. Uh, yeah, I like the movie, all right? <laughs> the movie is just nothing but heart and joy. And there are scenes that, like, I don't love. But I think I like the twist <laughs> at the end, which I remember the first time watching it, I did not see it coming. <laughs> and... <laughs> Because I thought it was actually very clever and really sweet and really well done. So, I like this movie. <laughs> There's a tone. There's a tone there with that. I like this movie. And in the stare that you're giving me right now, yes. I can feel the daggers. I can feel the daggers. 
<laughs> I wanted to watch this movie because I knew I would like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to watch something I knew I would like. Okay. It's, I wanted to watch something that made me happy. And this one worked. I'm sorry. <laughs> did Terminator Genesis not make you happy? No. <laughs> Although you can see my full thoughts on the review, which yes. is up currently. Yes. Um, yes. So I, I guess we're at the point now where I say if I liked it or not, right? That's where we are. You, you've said that you like it. That's how you feel. What did you think? That's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's not offensive. It's fine. It's fine. It's not particularly good. It's not particularly bad. It's it's uh, got a couple of little jokes on there. I like. There's one scene where the villain's arguing with a uh, a frog, who's repeating everything he says. I thought that was a witty little scene. Um, <laughs> I agree. Um, I wasn't super into the wacky family in the future and their antics. The movie kind of slowed down for me there a little bit. Um, because it was just it was too many characters. There was just a lot of weird characters. Yeah, there's do- too many characters. Yeah, doing lots of random things, um, and like yeah, I immediately got where it was going. Uh, not not to come back about the twist bit, but I just, it was very clear to see. I can't say this without spoiling it. Oh, no. Right, I'll just I'll move on from there. I'll, I'll I'll just say that I think it's perfectly fine and perfectly serviceable, but I think there's a reason why until you brought it up. I, you know, I, I think I vaguely remember this being advertised once I saw like images from it, you know, like yesterday. I'm like, okay, I vaguely remember this existing. But I think there's a reason why until you <laughs> made a point of saying, hey, we're doing this, I didn't remember this existed because no one really talks about it because it's it's just fine. It's just okay. Yeah, I think Disney also mm. sort of made it go away mm. as well. Like, I don't think they were particularly proud of this one. Um, which is funny especially because I don't remember I don't remember a lot of advertising for it either it's funny because it ends with a a Disney quote yeah I really love the beginning and the ending of the film like the like the first third and the last third Mm. the middle I agree like it gets a little overwhelming with the amount of characters and it gets a little too silly sometimes Mm -hmm. there's like too many um I don't know. It, it, it's like there's too many jokes <laughs> sure, yeah. in it. Um, but there are some really good scenes. Like the stuff with the frogs is really funny. There's a T-Rex scene that I really like too. It's really funny. Um, a lot of the comedy really works for me. And I think a lot of the heart really works for me too. I mean, the heart's fine. I like, I, I feel like it's doing... You know, the typical thing. Like, I, I didn't feel like it was doing anything. I think what makes good Pixar stick out, right? Um, and I'm, I'm talking like Golden Age Pixar here, because I, I do think we're past the prime of Pixar. I, I think there was a time where they started doing a lot more sequels, uh, where it kind of turned, you know, around Good Dinosaur. Mm-hmm. Not that that was a sequel, because obviously it wasn't, but like... Uh, Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. Um, cause it's that was actually a, pretty good. It's, that, a, it's a Western. That was the same year as uh, Inside Out, I think, right? Uh yes. What say that was yeah, I I think it was I, I think for me Toy Story three like marks the end of their like their their golden period where it almost with the exception of the Cars movies like everything they were putting out was like some level of gold and mm-hmm. I think what separates Pixar uh, and and that period from 
this type of film is that I think yeah the message in this is fine that the heart of there is fine but the thing with Pixar is that I always feel like it was doing something clever with it like I always felt like it was it was t- it was all, almost like you know we we review Twilight Zone all, you know Pixar had this neat way of taking a, a, an idea and applying it to something you know like toys coming to life or or um you know like a family of superheroes like Incredibles or up which is you know the old man in a house with balloons yeah and and giving it a lot of heart but doing it with this kind of this this tact like where you could almost feel like this this uh creative whereas this does feel more just a kid's movie to me yeah i agree but it, it's it's fun for like the parents too because there's a lot of references and there's a lot of sure. like um there's a lot of humor that i think works outside of just being a kid I will say this though, there is a scene early on that clearly shows why peanut butter and jelly is the worst thing in the world and is a dangerous weapon that should not be utilized. You're still alone in this. I am not alone. It, I'll be honest. You are see, see a when, man on an island. See, see when uh, <laughs> there was the threat of this peanut butter and jelly like 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 gun essentially like going to like malfunction and the two like adults were backing away in horror did you think of me a little because <laughs> i was thinking of me as we were backing away and i was like no i was thinking that guy probably has a peanut allergy <laughs> <laughs> no peanut butter yeah. jelly <laughs> yeah maybe a little yeah peanut, peanut, peanut butter is great i'm not gonna say a bad word about peanut butter on its own peanut butter is delightful what about jelly on its own uh well it depends what do you mean exactly by jelly because what i call jelly and what you call jelly aren't the same thing okay you're, you're closer to jam <laughs> the type that you put on a sandwich yes yeah, so that, that i like uh what you call jello however which is what i call jelly um mm-hmm. i i hate with every fiber of my being food should not move on its own it is unnatural and kill it with fire thank you <laughs> well we've been over this before because we have jams also Jams like usually have the seeds in them. It's just like um, pureed fruit with a lot of sugar in it. And sure. jellies tend to be more like, yeah, gelatinous almost. Like they have a, like you can get. Yeah. I don't think we use that. You know, like the cranberry sauce that comes in the can <laughs> that looks like jello, like cranberry jello. Like that's jelly. No, I don't because I literally never had cranberry sauce. It's really not a thing here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Because we're learning things. We're learning right. things. I don't know what gooseberry is, so. I, I don't th- I don't, I don't think we have jelly, as you say. I always assumed it was jam until you said to me, no, no, we have jams too. Jelly is kind of this in-between thing that goes on a sandwich. Yeah. So, but it's always looked like jam, though, whenever I see it in a movie or something like that. Like, it's always looked just like jam. But I don't know. <laughs> Could just be playing tricks. Anyway, PB&J is the worst. You shouldn't be mixing them uh, in the discussion. It's such a neutral sandwich. It's so good. And Inside Out's a solid movie, but not Pixar's best. <laughs> what would you like to review next week? I feel like I'm going to have to give you your your way for the next like five episodes. What would you like next week, Tara? I don't, I don't even know what's on next week. I will start the forgiveness tour now. Not a time travel, now. not a Terminator, so... That's true. Yeah, well, who knows well we technically will be doing a Terminator next week but it'll already be up by the time this goes alive that's right we're getting Dark Fate because Dark Fate's coming well, that's a good point well I really like this movie 
<laughs> I don't know. Like, I agree that the animation is sort of in between when it was bad and when it got good. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in this, like, weird in-between moment where it looks a little... I, there are details in it, but there's a lot of details that are missing to make it look special mm. <laughs> or where it looks clean. Like, it looks too polished almost. You know what like, the sad part is? is I actually kind of like how goofy-looking the villain is. I just wish everyone else... I love else, the design of the villain. Yeah. I just wish everyone else kind of felt like they lived in the same world as him, but they don't. They all look really got, generic. He's like, rotted teeth and stuff, and there's a ton of detail on him that makes him look really good. And, and like, the emotions are there. Like... Like the way they smile and like the the emotions come through really well in the animation, but it's something about the world looks too um, like almost like a toy, like it has like this vinyl look to it mm-hmm. that uh, I don't really like very much. But but you know I tolerate it because I think the movie and the world it creates is really cool. Okay, I I, I will no longer run in your parade. My fun's over. <sighs> I mean, you can talk about animation. This is a review. I mean, the animation... It's weird for me talking about animation, though, because I feel like, for me, it's not about how good the actual animation itself is. It's more about what the aesthetic of the animation is. And I just think this movie looks really bland. Uh, mm. Basically. But I also think other movies that people love look kind of bland to me. Um, because... And even ones I love, like I love Hitching a Dragon, but I, I don't think it has a look, great look to it. I think it's great for a lot of other reasons, but um, there's just something about that CGI sort of soft edge face that I just think mm-hmm. looks a bit dull um, and doesn't have anything going for it. You know, um, I, I, I would take something a bit more artful over any day of the week. Like, and it's funny because I also don't really like anime, but like, so there's not a lot of animation styles I like, admittedly. But. Um, I feel I feel like if you could take like a lot of comic book art that I like and translate it into just being on the screen, I would love that. But uh, yeah, this movie was originally supposed to be live action. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's based off of a book, which you mentioned earlier with the writers. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, the book's called A Day with Wilbur or sorry, Wilbur Robinson. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Never read it. <laughs> nor me. But I don't think it's set in the future. I think it's just about um, a boy named Lewis who meets Wilbur Robinson and meets his entire family. And they're all like pretty kooky. And they're trying to like find his grandpa's dentures that he lost, Mm -hmm. which is the scene we get in the movie. And I think all the characters are from the book. That's why there's so many of them. But Mm. I agree there's too many characters. Yeah, they really need to kill that a little bit. Um Mm -hmm. I guess we'll get to spoilers, because I, I don't know what else I really want to talk about without... But before we start the spoiler section, Tara, why don't you tell everyone at home how they can support us financially? You can check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash mouthlesstv. Uh, donations as little as a dollar per month will get you a bunch of bonus stuff, like you get our outtakes now where we tangent for too long. Mm-hmm. Who knows? There might be stuff from this episode already. <laughs> and... Um, you get bonus episodes, including Time Cop, which was mentioned earlier. Definitely yeah. worth that one dollar. Uh, by the time this goes up, the the last one should be will definitely be Transfers Two. Uh, that's uh, nice. that's coming soon because we did Transfers One, so Transfers Two has to come because there's a whole yep. franchise there of like six movies that need to be uh, <laughs> need to be done. So we'll spread them out. Yeah, we'll spread them out. Yeah, but yeah, we didn't do Transfers One last month. We did 
something else. <laughs> I can't remember Leviathan. what it was. Leviathan, that's really the last month. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, go to Patreon uh, and check out all those stuff that's on offer. So then, yes, let's talk about twists because we're in spoilers now and I want to talk about things. And so, yes, I, I, I like, as soon, as soon as there was the dumb joke about, oh, what does your dad look like? Oh, uh, Tom Selleck. I'm like, okay, Lewis is his father. This is his son from the future. No shit. Of course this is where this is going. Of course when the family want to adopt him, the reason why they say that they're not going to adopt him is because the wife goes, wait a minute, that's my husband as a kid, and he's from the past. Mm -hmm. He has to go back to the past so I can meet my husband, you stupid teenage Mm -hmm. son of mine, bringing him to the future. You're in so Mm -hmm. much trouble. Um, And then, yeah, it was also extremely obvious that the roommate who likes baseball was going to be the villain, right? That was no, it was not. It was so telegraphed, <laughs> right? You're telling me from the scene where he talks to him, where the villain talks to the young baseball kid, you didn't get that it was he was talking to himself. Yeah, I got that like later on, but like not no, at first. No, as soon as he even takes a second to talk to this kid, where he's not, he's had no interest in talking to anyone the whole movie, but he talks to this baseball kid. It's like no, this is you. You're talking to yourself. This is the the, the villain. This is the arch nemesis. No, I did not see that coming. <laughs> well, I will admit it. Well, and I don't think I'm alone in that. I think you're just Mr. High Horse. It's fine. You know, you know, you know what, Tara? Movie analyst. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I will happily rent you a room on the Ivory Tower. But I'm just saying the the, the movie. It, it just I don't know. Like, and I'm not saying it's a big deal that I saw them coming. It was just. You know what? We've been watching a lot of time travel movies, right? And there's a lot of really sort of straightforward things that time travels like time travel movies like to do. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what's really fun about something like Time Crimes or something like that is that you do kind of start to piece it together because it gives you enough to kind of start kind of thinking ahead. But what it does is is that it gives you what you think, but then adds another little twist onto it. And I think that's how you make I time agree. travel work. Time Cop is amazing. I was in time, time Crimes, but Time Cop oh, yes. also, sure. <laughs> time uh, Crimes also, yeah, very good. <laughs> Whereas this, I, I kind of feel like it just does the really obvious things and, again, this is where it feels like it's for kids. It's like, oh, it's almost like, well, it's going to be kids watching this, so we'll just we'll do the tropey, obvious things and we'll just play them straight as if they're meant to be big deals um, without, you know, doing anything else to make them interesting. Yeah, I know. I'm being harsh. I'm being a grumpy poo. I know that. I I get it. You don't like animated films that are meant for kids. I get it. The movie was boring. But okay, I was bored. <laughs> it's not even that like. It's not a hard watch. Like it's it's you, easy to watch. It's you, got like the pacing it, for the most part is pretty good. In the the middle, like I don't love, but that's okay. It's hold on a second. Hold on a second. Were you beeping at me there for a second? There was a beep. Yeah, it's my work phone. Okay, right. I just watched so someone I, going crazy. I checked it out there. Like, ooh, work phone. All right, well, I guess we, we work through to the plot, I suppose. I, but, so he's an orphan. Boo-hoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm an orphan. Oh. Orphans have it so hard. No, oh. like the the director was an orphan. That's why he like wanted to, or was adopted. That's oh, why really? he wanted to make the movie. Yeah, I'm cracking jokes. I'm 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 saying that for shock value, but I do actually. I just want to bring up my favorite line on the entirety of the, both seasons of the Chilean Adventures of Sabrina, is 
when one of the girls finds out she's actually the daughter like the headmaster dude right and she's all proud to be a part of this evil family this lineage and she's all like happy to be his daughter and her, she's like part of a trio like she's these two best friends who like they're like sisters to her who always follow her around and as i see at a party where one of them says are we your daughters too and he responds deadpan with no you're just orphans <laughs> <laughs> i love that line yeah, that was pretty good. I love that one so much. Uh, so yes, so he's an orphan, and he keeps ruining his his uh, interviews with potential parents. And he's like twelve years old now, which is you know starting to get a bit old to be adopted. You know, typically parents who are adopting want to go younger because they want it to be the more the full you know as full of the experiences they can get. Because if they they can't have kids naturally, you know they want to get someone who's really young, you know, like three, four, whatever, mm-hmm. because they want to start in at the ground up as best they can. Apparently, it's difficult for teenagers to be adopted. Yeah. Yeah and you know lewis is kind of giving up hope and he's 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 showing them off his peanut butter jelly invention almost kills the dad or the you know the potential dad because <laughs> he's peanut allergy and he's been keeping count he's he's at like 105 interviews and counting that he's failed no one wants him mm-hmm. um everyone at school is scared of him because every time he brings in an invention it ends up exploding or whatever there's you know there's a little get gag here where like every kid in class puts on like a, a football helmet or something when he goes to turn on his device um, and sure enough it <laughs> teachers does. too yeah and the teachers too um but of course not long before because you know, he tries to build this device to it's like oh i i, I my, my mother's face will be in my mind because i saw her as a baby and i want to know who she is i want to find her so uh, he tries to build a device to extrapolate memories and put them on a screen uh, mm-hmm. from, from your from your mind. He gets the idea from a science fiction movie poster about brain scanners. He does, yeah. And brain scanners from outer space. He uh, he comes into the science fair. He's got his device, and this is where uh, Wilbus Wilbus Wilbur Wilbur. There you go. That's not a name, Wilbus. Is Wilbur a name? Yeah. I have never heard of Wilbur before in my life. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was maybe like a... Admittedly not one that gets used very much anymore, but it's a real name. Oh, no, I, th- I thought it was like supposed to be like a, a weird sci-fi future name. Wilbur? Yeah. No. I've never heard Wilbur Is before. A famous like Wilbur horse? I've heard of... Uh... William. <laughs> That's normally what Will's shot for. Let's see what comes up first. Maybe Willis, perhaps? Wilbur Ross, United States Secretary of Commerce. Oh, yeah, because I'm <laughs> up to date on my US Secretary of Commerce. Wilbur the Pig. <laughs> Wilbur Wright. All very famous Wilburs. Wilbur Wright. That sounds like the Wright brothers. That, yeah, that, he's one of the Wright brothers. That sounds like you're saying, uh, well, we're right. <laughs> Wilbur Wright. Wilbur Wright. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so, so Wilbur shows <laughs> up and he's like, I'm a time cop. And <gasps> we've got um, evil man in bowler hat sort of going around sneaking about. And he sab- uses his hat. It's like, it's like a robot hat that has like a mind of its own and has like robot legs that comes out and it goes and sabotages the device because he wants to take it for himself and basically ruin this kid's future he's got a vendetta and this was you know one of the hints that it was going to turn out to be the roommate just fyi uh okay i'll keep you i'll keep you informed tara as we go don't worry 
He well, you don't know that he has a vendetta at first. You just know that he wants to steal this invention. Sure. Okay. We don't know that yet. I'm. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm. I'm saying what his his goal is. Uh, right. Uh, in, in a broad sense. Uh, and he tries to like, go to this this meeting to show off to this uh this big business mogul, and it doesn't work because it's because it's, it's it's still sabotaged. It's not working. He's someone to fix it. He doesn't know how. Um, right. And it's the first scene where you realize, oh, he's doesn't know what he's doing he's not the one in charge here like he's yes. a buffoon yes and maybe more so <laughs> he's just an idiot uh, wilbur is here because the bowler hat man stole a, the, the time machine you know the car that he used to travel back because there's two in existence um and he uh you know he, he brought the second one back and he's trying to find it and it's his fault because we find out later of course that he left the, the garage door open and that's why he's like trying to like fix all this before his dad finds out mm-hmm. and and that was the other big hint if you didn't get it when we didn't get to see who the dad was when we got to see who everyone else was um it's, as soon as he started talking about how his dad builds things and invents things i'm like well i wonder who this could be yeah i don't i don't think this one was meant to be really all that hidden like yeah. for kids probably but i think any adult watching that would be like all right like we get it yes that this one was not a surprise to me yes it's a it's a reverse kyle reese <laughs> yes exactly to put, it in, put it in terms that we understand as science fiction fans um so no i mean we we have that and like he doesn't really tell him anything at first, and but he does show up on the roof to try and convince him to not like give up his dreams of being an inventor. He's like, no, 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 no you have to do these things, like you know, invent things, do it. Um, mm-hmm. But of course, uh, Bowler Hat shows up, and they have to run and jump, and uh, he escapes by taking him to the future, and he tries to hide him. We meet his robot, uh, and we he ends up, rocket man. Yes, and he tries to hide <laughs> his. Where is it? Yeah, it's Harley Williams. It's Rocket Man himself. <laughs> I can't believe you somehow tricked me into watching two films with Harley Williams. <laughs> Just getting them out of the way early. That's all. Why? Why would you have to get them out of the way early? Like, there's not like there's <laughs> things that need to be done. <laughs> Joe, Joe, I hate, I hate the the review for Rocket Man, which it, when it first went up was going really slow and did really badly compared to a lot of the other stuff, and I was really, I thought that was quite funny, um, just as a, ha, 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 ha. but it's actually been ticking up, you know, slowly but surely that it's like middle of the pack now, and I'm like, oh. I know what the people want. <laughs> they want a Rocket Man review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't even. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, uh, Lewis escapes and ends up running into like the like the mother. No, it's not even the mother actually. It's uh, grandpa. Grandpa, yeah. And he ends up showing him around um, the place, and we get, we get to meet all the other family members. Like I say, there's too many of these characters. I couldn't even begin to tell you who they all are or describe them all. Oh, me neither. Yeah. And there's, there's a couple of key there's ones. There's one that looks like a superhero, but he's actually a pizza delivery guy. Yeah. Obviously, the mom sticks out because she's the one who's like teaching frogs to sing. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's like you know whatever, but um, you know he ends up staying for dinner and like they all love him and it's like oh he's an orphan oh we'll adopt him and this is obviously at the point in the film where he has to like come clean and the hat comes off. Although I think this is actually I think the T Rex attacks in between these two bits if I remember right. I think the, the like because essentially 
bowler hat man uses his bowler hat to try and control a frog and there's this really funny scene where he's like mm-hmm. are you repeating everything i say are you repeating everything i say and then, like he's like wait did you say that because because you're not repeating everything i say now or because you agree no well good then and then he repeats what he says again i don't know it's a funny scene there's a wait a little written scene master yes <laughs> Um, I love the way the frog says master. Yeah, I mean, she's teaching all the fro- frogs to sing, but they all sing in English. So in the future, the frogs are very much like uh, like the Rat Pack kind of crew, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess, where they're all very mobster-ish or Frank Sinatra. I'm not going to lie. My, my biggest problem with the plot of this movie is that the future they show us does not feel like it's just one generation away. It feels like it's a hundred you know hundreds of years in the future yeah yeah definitely this is the future that is like okay we're gonna start i guess we just obliterate everything on earth and start over (laughs) yeah but it's like no we're gonna be here in 25 30 years like yeah right yeah yeah Uh, yeah i i can see that too being an issue maybe in like a hundred years we can stretch that ah push think about what a hundred years ago in america looked like was very different so yeah a hundred years is different that's true that's true I like that people travel through bubbles and tubes and everything looks so bright and optimistic and like we've figured everything well, out. Who wouldn't love going it's, through a tube? That, that it's like it's like just a big shoot. It's like being a kid again. Just, I'll just I'll just ride the shoot down to the other building. That seems like fun. Yeah. It seems awesome. Oh, I don't know what you do about the static electricity cuz I've always had that trouble with slides as a kid. Where are we? Oh yes. Uh, villain used his hat to control a T-Rex and the T-Rex he went back in time, got a T-Rex used the hat to control it uh, which actually looking back on it now is very Super Mario Odyssey yeah, I agree because the trailer, if you remember the first big trailer for Super Mario Odyssey, it opened with a T-Rex and everyone was like, oh what game is this, this is weird and then it had a Mario hat and it was like, it's Mario and it was that big moment Yeah. Um, and you can control the T-Rex with a hat I wonder yep. where they got that idea from are you saying that it has a good joke payoff though? Because when he when he's controlling or when the hat is controlling the uh, the frog, and he's like, "All right, now go in there, grab the boy, and drag him out here and throw him in the spaceship or whatever in the time machine." And he's like, "Why aren't you doing it?" He's like, "Well, it's just he's so big, and I have these little arms, and I don't <laughs> think that this plan was very well thought out, <laughs> Master." <laughs> yeah, and likewise with the T Rex is that the T Rex. Uh, we'll pick them up by baiting them and therefore probably kill them and eat them yeah he's like just grab the boy and he got has him in a corner but he can't get to him because his head's too big and his arms are too small and you <sighs> just don't think this plan was really well thought up <laughs> <laughs> i mean the whole movie's worth it for this great joke <laughs> i beg um, to differ i saw this movie in the theater and like the theater was rolling with laughter <laughs> you know what tara we see iti in many a movie in fact i think if you go back through the, the, the 30 previous episodes 31 previous episodes even you'll see that we 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 get very close on our scores across the board with maybe just one or, one or two exceptions this is definitely I, I just have a little bit more joy in my life one I of these guess. outliers what did you think of the time travel in Meet the Robinsons? Um, how does the time machine work? Who knows? Who cares? They don't give a shit. So why should I give Magic. a shit? 
He's just an inventor. Like, you know, he builds... It runs on plutonium. They just skip that part. He builds, he builds a device that can read minds as a 12-year-old. And they never really kind of justify why he's good enough at this or understands any of these things. It's just he can. Yeah. Why do you need an explanation? Some people are just born geniuses. <laughs> oh... <laughs> So basically, the big thing of the movie is that the robot hat is evil AI on its own. Uh, it's one of his inventions, and it's just using uh, villain man, who's baseball kid, to take over the world, Move. so it can create a Skynet style post-apocalyptic wasteland. Although I did notice that most of the buildings had bowler hat style designs, mm-hmm. which yeah, weird, but you sure. Um, if you're a bowler hat. <laughs> Do you know what's funny about it though? Is you want it, everything to be a pedestal. Do you know what the funny thing is though? Is that if any of the bowler hat buildings, like if the, the hats were tilted just a little bit, they look like dicks. Oh yeah, you're right. That is a risky design. Yeah. Yeah. But I, mean, I didn't notice any. It's, it's, don't get me wrong though. It's not like uh, like if you've ever seen like a, a German army helmet from like World War One, where it just looks like a penis head. Like I don't know what mm-hmm. they were thinking when they designed those helmets. Like what? Did, what were you doing? I think they were just. They're literally men walking. Men are fascinated up, by dicks. They're literally walking around with. If dick they could heads. design everything to look like dicks, I'm sure they would. <laughs> the only thing it's the first thing they learn how to draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. No. Right, so so Lewis, yeah, Lewis, <laughs> Lewis basically realizes he has to. He realizes who the bad guy is, so he goes back in time uh, to fix everything by. You know, making sure he wakes up at his baseball game and yada yada. Goob has a vendetta against him because future Goob tells him he should. Mm. He should bottle it all up and let it fester and grow into something evil instead of getting over everything. And because it's because of Lewis that he doesn't get enough sleep for his baseball game. He stays up all night because Lewis is always up all night inventing stuff mm-hmm. and not being considerate of his roommate. So yeah, this is the part where Classic Lewis. Lewis goes back and he fixes things. What are you drinking? Water. Soda? Oh, it's water. Okay. White rock spring water. I just drink from the tap. Yeah. I, lo- I love how you're policing me though. You're like, are you drinking soda? What is that? Yes. Uh, so we were in the plot. Um, yeah, so Goob now likes Lewis because he's the hero and he has many friends. Yes, yes. And he also... Because that's the other big thing is that a lot of the characters, the teachers and stuff at the science fair turn out to be the characters from the future, you know. Uh, two, two of them adopt him. Um, he also meets this little girl who believes frogs can talk and sing, but no one believes her. Because there's a funny joke, actually, when he's about to go back to the past after he's fixed everything, where, you know, his wife from the future, like, sort of kneels down and goes, hey, by the way, a bit of advice. I'm always right. Even when you think I'm wrong, I'm right. And, like, you know, grown up. Because at this point, we've met grown up. Yeah, Lewis. Cornelius grown up says, or Lewis grown up who changes his name to Cornelius says, yeah. she's right. Yeah, she's right, by the way. Uh, so this Nemo, is what it- who plays him? No. Who plays older Lewis? I do not. Who played older Tom Lewis? Selleck. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's actually pretty funny. Okay, that's that's, that's yeah. good. That's a good bit of trivia. Um, <laughs> but uh, he uh, 
so this is when he puts it into practice though is when when little girl version of his wife's like no i i like frogs but no one believes me they all think i'm crazy you think i'm crazy too don't you he's like no i think you're right <laughs> i believe you <laughs> you're right he's put it into practice you see he's realized it's hard he's like nope she's always right i'll take that advice to heart um it must be so so great knowing that who your spouse is going to be when you I get know. older it's just one last thing to have to worry about right i know he just knows uh knows who it is his whole like, life right one last thing yeah but uh yeah so a lot of these characters turn out to like be people that he's kind of in his adopted adopted family in the future so and it all kind of ties up but he does get taken back uh the one promise that um i forgot his name already wilbur 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 what is wilbur is that equally futuristic sounding name um so wilbur is a old sounding name uh, well i've never heard of it so it sounded weird and futuristic to me so wilbur promised to take him to see, see his mother so they go back to the night that she she reenacted super mario brothers and left them on the the porch just like daisy was left on the the porch of the orphanage and of course he does exactly what i, I thought it was going to do where he just chooses not to see who she was because she made keep this choice forward. as you keep moving forward which was a quote that Walt Disney himself said, so they, they make a point of I know, showing isn't that, that so nice? Like, I got a little misty-eyed at the quote. Keep moving forward, make the next 50 Marvel movies. <laughs> profit, profit, that profit. Walt Disney's quote. <laughs> no, but that's been how it's been interpreted in the present day, is this? No, 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 more well, Marvel, more Star Wars. Bob Iger for that, though why would you? Make all the monies, <laughs> make all the monies. <laughs> Crush all the competition. <laughs> Cue the lamentation of the women. <laughs> <laughs> that face says it all because uh, we just probably had like a 30 minute tangent about whether or not Marvel movies or cinema. Uh, you can get that on patreon.com slash TV for $1 or more per month. Um, pr- probably up before this review even goes up. So... Uh, Yes. Are we ready to rate the movie? Like, are we ready to talk about anything else that happened at the end? Like, yes, it... let's rate it. Let's rate it. We still have laser blast to talk about. We do. We have a message sense theory episode to talk about. Um. So, what? Um. What, what would you rate? Meet the Robinsons. It's a seven. <laughs> hey, you picked this movie, right? This is on you. Yes. It's a seven. It's. I think it's a really fun film. It's got a lot of heart. I like the message of positivity and helping out your neighbor. <laughs> and I think it's a it's a fun little gem of a Disney movie that kind of got lost. I think it's good. And it's a solid six. It's fine and offensively. Okay. <laughs> Couple of good jokes. Message is in the right place. The heart's in the right place. Um... But I think nothing really stands out about it, and Tara made me watch it. <laughs> I'm glad you're on the positive side. <laughs> well, it's not bad. No, it's, it's not. It's not a bad movie. It's just it's just there. It exists. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like this movie. Clearly, so this is this is the most derailed we probably have ever went on a movie. Um, and you know maybe it'll happen every so often when something isn't super captivating to dissect on its own. 
And I'm not, I'm not... <laughs> what, what was that? I'm not throwing shade at you for picking it, I'm not. I'm really not. I'm just saying that sometimes this can happen if the movie doesn't have a lot to dig into. What is that like? I'm, I'm finished talking about the movie. Okay. Are you ready for Mr. Science Theater? Yes. <laughs> Do you know the sad part about this? Is that I have to admit that Rocket Man was a success because you made me watch that, but that had this charm to it that I couldn't stop dissecting it scene by scene the entire time. <laughs> This I'm just disinterested in and have nothing to say about. <laughs> I like this movie. I recommend people watch it, especially if you have kids. I'm sorry. Let's talk about something you do care about. Laser blast! Yes, uh, Mystery Science Theater 2000. We have, well, since we had one of these, um, we've, we've been letting it slip. We had things to do over the last month, and we are finally here. I even got a little bit of notes. For some jokes, I like to remember. Um, Laser Blast was the final episode, and was it season seven? Was the last mm -hmm. short season on Comedy Central, so it has a bit of a finality to it. Even though the movie came out like pretty soon after, and then Sci-Fi picked it up for more seasons. Uh, but uh, last episode with Doctor Forrester, and Mike's still there, or is already there, I should say. Um, and you know. This, this, the movie itself is about uh, an alien weapon that fires lasers that is stranded on Earth and this blank yeah this shirtless blank slate of a character uh, finds it and becomes kind of enthralled with it and we'll, we'll go down the, that path in a minute but his girlfriend's like why can't you be more ordinary and Mike's like more ordinary <laughs> <laughs> Firefly, why are you standing in my lap like that? You just sort of stand there as if you're like thinking about things. Like, come on, there you go, bye, cat. Am I loud enough? Yeah, why? Okay, my door's open, so I'm trying not to be too loud. Okay, yeah, Gus has been a menace. Um, yeah. So, I'm surprised Tara waited as long as she did to pick this one because <laughs> because this one is full of two things. It is full of Star Trek references, and it is full of references to 2001 A Space Odyssey. <coughs> Two of Tara's favorite things. So, very early on, as soon as this idiot finds the, the laser blast device, which is more of like a... There's a lot of jokes about it being like a poster tube on, on, the, on the show. Mm -hmm. uh, you sort of stick your hand all the way in it, and it's kind of like this weirdly shaped firearm. But... As soon as he finds it, there's a lot of shots of him just kind of like aiming it around as if he's a kid and he's like pretending to go pow, pow, pow and like pew, pew, pew and he's holding it up and it's kind of almost in slow motion. The sun's behind him. So the guys all start making jokes, making like uh, ape noises because it looks like 2001, the opening of that. And that's not the only 2001 joke. There's like three or four of them throughout the whole thing. And the, mm -hmm. end, the entire ending... Dr. Forrester goes through the, the, the rebirth of the Star Child um, earlier on when the, the, the space... I love that the monolith is just a VHS, a giant VHS <laughs> of the worst movie ever made. <laughs> so, Batman v Superman. So appropriate. <laughs> Somehow. You can fill in the blank. Yeah. T -t -t Timelines be damned. It's Batman v Superman. Uh, but, you know, like, 
uh, there's a whole joke where they're going through a, like a star child field and there's all these like dolls outside they're having to wade through there's all that stuff yeah um, when they're cranky they need to be changed Mike dresses up as uh, Janeway at one point and gives some oh he's phenomenal Starfleet orders he's just so poised and <laughs> it's just it's just so it's just such a you episode like I'm, I'm, in, I'm surprised it took this long but uh, yeah I love this episode Yes, we open the episode with we we assume we're on an alien planet because of who we're looking at, but it's like a, a green dude uh, who's got the laser blast thing, and he's been hunted by two stop motion animated <laughs> aliens who are kind of like disease looking ET knockoffs. Um, yeah. And I'll tell you right now, there's some severe inconsistencies throughout the film as to how tall these things are, because sometimes <laughs> they look like they're maybe like up to like waist height. People height. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes they're like 50 foot tall and they're using like techniques to have people be tiny compared to them. Yeah. Very inconsistent. And they don't speak English. They speak like, which they shouldn't. It's uh, actually, uh, uh. it's a good thing they're not speaking English, but there's no subtitles. We just watch them make noises at each other. Yeah, but the, the dialogue is filled in by Tom Servo and Crow T. Mm-hmm. Robot pretty well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Some of the best jokes actually. Um... But this kid who, like, it's actually kind of almost a joke later on when he finally puts on a t-shirt because he's not, like, he's not either topless or ha- with a button shirt that's opened. Because um, one, one of the jokes he realised, like, oh, look, I figured out this this this, this top. Uh, it's really easy, no buttons. Like, you know. <laughs> uh, so I, I know he'd, uh, another joke, actually, because basically the plot is that once he's found this laser weapon, it kind of, like, turns him evil like as he's wearing it so mm-hmm. he turns green and starts like killing people he doesn't like um so he's got a green face so there's a running gag throughout where the guys will say uh like jim carrey quotes where they'll be like somebody stop oh, me righty then yeah <laughs> although was already all was already then ever actually using the mask i feel like that was a more of an ace ventura thing mm-hmm. it's true it was just in both i think they're just doing um yeah. Yeah, I think they were just doing Jim Carrey references. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But, that was but it's definitely funny. more of a mask because of the green face. But that, that that was that was one that really caught me off guard the first time they cracked that joke. They had a few times, but the first time really made me laugh. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also a lot of Planet of the Apes jokes because uh, Roddy McDowell's got a small role in here. So I know, we got some star power in this one. Yeah, so there's a lot of jokes when he's around... Uh, but about him calling the guys, you know, was it starry eyes? What, what, what did he call? Bright eyes. Bright eyes. That's what they called Charlton Heston in the movie. Um, so some jokes there as well, which kind of almost leads into the 2001 jokes because that also featured apes. That's, you know, that's, Indeed, that's true. It's almost like there's continuity between the jokes and the references. That there's, there's a fluid chain of thought. There's a lot of jokes about Rodney McDowell's um, career choices. Mm-hmm. Career path in general. How did I end up here? I was in the Poseidon Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, what, what, so one of my favorite jokes was these two dumb cops who are, keep popping up, and they're, they're they've got like a captain. There's also this I assume FBI guy who comes in. Uh, who I actually cracked the, the Bob Evil joke from uh, Time Chasers at one point when he first appeared because it, it, the way yeah, he walked into the, the room is like, yeah, hey, I'm Bob Evil. I use that- I use that line a lot when I watch movies and the guy walks in and they're clearly the bad guy. Yeah. Hi, I'm Bob Evil. 
but uh, they, they have a couple of running gags. One is just kind of a stupid running gag where, and when I say running gag, this is not their joking. This is in the movie as a running gag where yeah, the skinny kind one. Yeah, turn into the comic relief in the movie. Yeah, the skinny one's doing something. He's either getting high or he's eating food or something. And the joke's always that the big guy's like, how can you do that? And he, he, he rambles for about a minute about why he shouldn't be doing the thing and then says, oh, give me a bite. Like he always ends up joining in whatever he's doing. That's kind right, of and then gag. he ends up getting in trouble, not the skinny mm. guy. Yeah, but the running joke and the and the and the actual mystery science theater jokes that I, that wasn't that funny at first. It was just I was mildly amusing at first, which is the big guy. Whenever he's talking, like uh, one of them is like, "Oh, yeah, I'm ready for football," and he, he always says I'm he's ready for some football. He's already for fo- he's always saying he's ready for football, and he's talking about football and how he needs to be ready for football. He's always ready for football. I think I think it's a reference to a '90s commercial. That sounds or, plausible. Or it might have been... I didn't watch football at the time. Or it might have been like... Um, just like a, an intro to when football games started. Like they had a guy who looked like that with a cowboy hat. Sure, yeah. Who would yeah. say, are you ready for some football? So but, I think I think he's a reference to a guy, but I don't know exactly where it's from. Well, it was really amusing even not knowing the reference, if it is a reference. But I mean, what, I still laugh at it. <laughs> but what made the joke good, though? What made it perfect? What, 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 what sort of made it all worth it, the payoff to it, <laughs> is later on when... Uh, so one of the things that happens to our main character, um, he gets this like, sort of metal, like, thing on his chest. It's like a metal, like... St- metal rash or something i don't even know what you call it right I think it's an abscess sure a metal abscess there you go um i've had abscesses not a metal one though a metal one sounds particularly <laughs> painful uh, <laughs> um but when when the when the, when the cops sort of request to see this thing when they're questioning him he opens his shirt and it cuts to the, the fat cop and he's like i'm not ready for football anymore <laughs> <laughs> that line made the build up because he because he says it maybe like yeah. three times throughout the movie that he's ready for football when he gets to that point okay. and then mike says i'm not ready for football anymore it was such a good payoff it was really freaking funny yeah that was pretty good that was gold i like his his, his face on like the, on the actor was just so much like grotesque disappointment <laughs> <laughs> Um, I actually cracked another t- joke from Time Chasers just because there was like a plane flying by in the background at one point and it looked like a little biplane from Time Chasers so I started yeah, cracking jokes like season, the late season 8 I think time away mate, so it was a time travel movie they've travelled back in time to You're right. this movie it checks out it checks out, exactly um, my favourite joke though was nothing that I've even mentioned so far as good as the Star Trek jokes are, as good as the 2001 jokes are my favorite joke is actually a reference to another mystery science theater which and this is the first time i think mm-hmm. i've actually gotten a reference to another episode because we just, we've watched this other one first warrior of the lost world <laughs> was the robert ginty one where he had the bike that talked there was the big uh murder what was the, what was the big truck call again they were chanting because it was murder killing wep- no mega weapon mega, mega weapon. weapon mega weapon right so there was that really awkward kiss at the end of that movie where the, he kisses the, the woman who's kind of the love interest but they've not really had any chemistry whole movie. But the kiss mm-hmm. lasts so long and it's uncomfortable. So there's a kiss scene at one point in this movie and it's so disgusting to look at that one of them just says, Robert Ginty kisses better than this, which was the actor from that movie. And I Because A, I know who the actor is so I got that part and then I, I've seen that episode so I... That really made me laugh because it's the first time I've gotten a reference to another episode. Yeah, that's a Joel episode too, so it's a real stretch for them to do that. Mm. 
Yeah, there. Um, is it, honestly, I mean, the, the movie does slow down at parts, you know, where there's just like scenes of them like staring at things, like the camera's just yeah, sort of... there's a lot of scenes with him and his girlfriend that are just like, uh... <laughs> there's a whole scene where she comes to find, try, try and find him at this picnic spot that he set up and she can't find him and she like looks in the same like three places like oh. five times and then <laughs> get Except my cat Oh, <laughs> uh, and then he jumps out the van but it, like it spends like a good two minutes following her just like I say following it doesn't even follow her with the camera it just, it just like, has this wide shot and she's like looking mm-hmm. around like for ages and it's really mm-hmm. dull just calling his name there's a, and it leads to nowhere there's a bunch <laughs> of scenes like that but there is some genuinely funny stuff anything with the laser gun actually going off is pretty funny um, mm-hmm. even without the commentary um, the main character is such a dull that he's kind of funny to make fun of <laughs> Yeah, if only he were more ordinary. <laughs> um, and the, but the jokes are good. That, that's the main thing here. Is a mystery science yeah. theater episode. The jokes are really thick and fast, and they're really funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's so. definitely a good one for jokes. I think it's not like it's not my favorite episode because the movie like just drags sometimes, and mm. that could even when the jokes are good, I'm just like, ugh, it's getting difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but. I do really like this one. It has a lot of great jokes and highly recommend. Definitely in my, my top must watch. Yeah. Obviously, it's just the cops kind of chasing him and trying to stop him. The aliens come back. They get chilled out, uh, grilled out by their boss uh, <laughs> on the ship. <laughs> so they have to turn around and come to Earth and kill him. So the movie just ends with him getting killed by the aliens. Mm-hmm. The, the alien shoots him from like, at the top of a building. Again, the perspective of how big this alien is supposed to be is really warped and makes no sense. Yeah. But uh, the girlfriend's like crying over his dead body, and that's the end of the movie. <laughs> Laser blast. <laughs> Laser blast. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's a fun episode. Uh, so there you go. I recommend it. Check it out. Uh, but that brings an end to a surprisingly meaty episode, although mostly off topic. Um, at least it feels that way to us because we had like a 30 minute Marvel tangent, which will be cut out and put as a separate thing on Patreon. But. Um, <laughs> It got it got heated. If that makes it sound interesting, mm-hmm. it did. Yeah, uh, but Tara was right. At one of point, course. you were questioning whether or not you can even put it on the Patreon page. Yeah, because might I be th- too heated. I thought it was too hot to handle. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but as Tara pointed out, um, or or referenced the movie, uh, Tara is always right, even when she's wrong. So I just have to concede at this right. point that Tara was right and love with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Agreed. That has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment for Meet the Robinsons. What's coming up next time? That's a good question. That's a good question. I, I have no idea, so I'm going to go find out right now. Oh, As I know. We- oh, you tell them then. You're on to go if you've got it ready. Alphaville. Alphaville's next. Oh, okay. Going old school, going classy. All right. And I think that the next Mystery Science Theater we should watch will be the first episode of season eight. So the one after this. Which is Return of the Creature of the Black Lagoon. Yeah, I think just for consistency reasons, like it's it'll be good to see how the characters return since mm. we saw them go away. Sure. Okay, yeah. I like it. Yeah. Continuity. Tell me the story. And I think but just a the one time. <laughs> they won't oh, sure. go back to random ish. Random that oh, I choose. Selected by you, yes, but all over the place. <laughs> 
Um, okay, so right. Retarded Creature of the Black Lagoon will be the next Mystery Science Theater episode. Although probably next, not next week though. I can, I can guarantee it's not next week for two reasons. One, we're recording a Patreon bonus episode, and two, Terminator Dark Fates out. So, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a busy week. We have a busy week next week, so there'll be no Mystery Science Theater, but lots of content. Although a lot of it will already be up by the time this episode goes up, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, those will go straight up um, so that uh, is what's coming next you can of course support everything we do uh, by rating the podcast on Apple Podcasts giving us five stars it helps us find new audience because it recommends us out more and that kind of thing uh, Tara did tell you earlier about patreon.com so go over there and support us for as little as a dollar per month uh, that helps us out a lot um, helps feed my cats so go, go do that um, so you can go do that um, and yeah and by the time this goes up we'll, it will be November uh, so look out for the new vote going up for patrons at the $5 tier and up um, in fact by the time you see this you'll know which one the previous vote which I am very curious about because it's a very neck and neck race right now uh between two things i can't tell you what two because i got no one's supposed to know yet what's what's winning but i know what's winning because i can see those results it won't matter <laughs> by this time right that's true actually yeah yeah but this goes upload the winner will be announced okay well in that case i can tell you right now it's very neck and neck between robocop and jurassic park that is such a surprise you would think they'd want to torture me with star wars but yeah star wars is an option and they're not choosing it such a surprise so yeah, look out for the next vote whatever that may be I'm sure we'll be deciding that uh, amongst ourselves soon uh, but that has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment apologies for this being a fairly off topic review especially if you're if this is your first episode you think this must be a shambles every week it's actually usually quite focused um, usually get into the movie quite in depth mm-hmm. um, just not this week but Peter had a vendetta against this film <gasps> much like Goob has against Lewis <laughs> I love that I didn't know what that character's name was until you said it like two thirds through that review. <laughs> bowler hat guy. I, I was the baseball kid, the bowler hat guy. Uh, those, those are my two options. Um, but yeah, that is with us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Come back next time for Alphaville, which should prove interesting. I've never seen it. Uh, first time watch me for neither. me. Thank you once again. Keep watching sci-fi movies. We'll see you next time. And computer at salsa. Yum, yum.